0: We're going to get started, but I'll leave the slide up there for just another minute or so, and I took a little sneak peek at the questions, and there are so many good questions that I'm personally stoked to hear Abune Anthony Paul's um, thoughts and his uh, responses to these questions, and we pray for God's God's wisdom to penetrate our hearts and for open ears as we conclude this uh this segment when Anthony Paul feel free to consolidate questions if you like I see that there are a lot that are trickling in and you'll probably have a few more as they're coming in now but uh if you want to consolidate some if you want to skip some <laughs> if you want to just make sure that you end on time because we don't want to keep you up all night but this is typically the most exciting part of talks when people just get to ask questions so the floor is all yours and just uh Call it whenever you're you're comfortable. Otherwise, I'll uh, I'll come and stop you if we start hitting midnight, right?
1: <laughs> okay. Um, just so I don't make it awkward, um, Abuna, feel free to jump at any time. I'm just not gonna add every question, pause and be like Abuna, and then have that whole awkward like waiting to unmute. So feel free to also. Um, don't, don't, even, don't.
0: Don't even don't even bother with uh, even thinking about me here. I'm just gonna sit back and listen. My camera's off, my mic's off. So it's uh, it's, uh, it's my chance to just listen tonight.
1: <laughs> um, I'll go in order of what I'm seeing. I see that some of you guys have upvoted some um, as well. Sorry, I have congestion today. I'm not picking my nose. Um, so I'll go in order of these and, and hopefully we can get uh, through all of them. So the first question does. Does truth have gray areas? Absolute truth does not. Okay, That's why I was saying start the question with, is there an absolute truth? That was always question number one. So, for example, let's say um, we're having the conversation about the screens or not screens. Is there a dogma? Is there an absolute truth about screens? No. Okay. If there was, there'd be no discussion. It would be like God said, do screens, we do screens. Okay. But there's no absolute truth about screens. Then the question number two becomes, where is the merit? Right. That's where there's a subjective experience that comes into play. But my point is about, is that where you start? Because humanism, because now let me focus on humanism, not relativism. Okay. Humanism is, I am the center. What I think is the truth. Okay, that was the point that I was trying to make. So truth does not have gray areas. No, truth in and of itself does not have gray areas. All that there is is absolute truth and non-absolute truth. Okay, the non-absolute truth is where something has some subjective aspect to it that does exist. Okay, where it's like, I can say truly... That I don't like fried brain. I don't. There's not an absolute truth about fried brain. I just don't like it. Okay. So yes, there's there's I, if what you mean by gray is there is there such thing as subjective? Yes, there's such thing as subjective. But here's oh here's a really good way of putting it. Humanism is deifying subjective truth. To being absolute truth. And that's what's wrong. I hope that helped. Um, Feel free guys to to have follow-ups after. But just make sure you vote them so that I can find them. um, If they've been um, related to something. Okay. We're always told not to judge. It's not our job to judge sin. So I'm confused now. Should we judge what is right or wrong? No. So you were always taught not to judge people because you shouldn't. You were definitely taught to judge right and wrong all the time. Their whole life we've grown up with, this is right or this is wrong. That's a judgment. If you have kids, do you not tell your kids that's right or that's wrong? Have you never said to someone, I think that's wrong? Even the Bible says, when you have ought against your brother, bring him to the church and judge. It doesn't say bring him to the church that we can call this person a good person or a bad person. It's saying, let someone judge what is the right thing to do. Not let them bring to the church to say, let the church say who is a good person or a bad person. So, yeah, you shouldn't judge people. The problem is when we, when we just have these one-liners, which happens a lot culturally, we, we lose the meaning. Right? So, actually, we even say in liturgy, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's about judgment. Somebody discerning what's the right or wrong thing to do. And I would say secularly says so as well. Because secularly, like I said, we, are, we have laws, right, which is already judging actions. I actually think that the law takes it further to judge people. Um, and also that um, secularly, many non-Christians tell you what you're supposed to think. And have you not ever had, like many, i met so many Christians say, I'm afraid of having this view because I'll be called a bigot or racist, or this, or that, or anti-women, or anti-this, um, because of it. So actually, the world is judging people. We're supposed to be discerning actions, so that we don't do them. Um, but what the church is also not saying is to walk around telling people how wrong they are. You should only speak when it's your duty to speak. Which relates to the next question, so how would I look at that one first? Um, How can I achieve the humility or self-emptying, as you put it, that's necessary to eliminate my own biases, views, narratives? By starting with absolute truth. When you bow yourself to truth, you're not the focal point anymore. You're not a humanist anymore. When you are the focal point, you're a humanist. So, for example, I prefer one thing or another, okay? So, for example, in the screen debate, I'm, I'm more of a non-screener. The difference is that I no longer believe that I'm absolutely right. That's just my personal view. So, now I come into a church, and I'm just saying to, to, for your question of, like, how are, how can I, what does this look like, okay? So, I'm in there, and I have a view. Okay, am I invited to give my view? If I'm not invited, then the self-emptying becomes, why do I feel the need to assert myself? Let me empty myself of my will and my desires because there's no absolute here. That would not be okay if there's an absolute truth. So let's say if Buna came in one Sunday and said, hey, like, if this, if this concept of Trinity is a little bit tough for you, no problem. Like, don't worry about it. It's not, you don't have to believe in it. That's, that, that has a dogmatic element. No, that's not okay. But if it's a screen thing, it's just like, okay, let them have their way. Let them have their way. But that gets into a whole bunch of other topics of spirituality. But that's what it would look like to self-empty, is to say, who cares what I think? Who cares what I feel? If I wasn't asked, then I don't need um, to say, and I don't need to agree um, or disagree out loud. Um the other thing is to say whenever you have an internal conflict about something, ask first, is there an absolute truth about this or am I worked up just because I I don't like it? That should automatically bring you down into the self-emptying frame of mind, right? Like, I do this myself, right? Like, I do this a lot now, actually. It's become a kind of common exercise where I'll... I'll I'll actually pause and be like, why am I annoyed? Am I annoyed because I'm I'm zealous for truth? Or am I annoyed because actually just my preference is not what's happening? Usually it's that my preference is not happening. I'm going to be real, right? Like, I'm not saying anybody who has a self-preference is a bad person. I'm just saying that, what do I do now with my self-preference? So I'm saying number one is make it bow to absolute truth. Number two becomes an exercise of how can I self-empty? And you may be better or worse at it. Um, we get better as we go along. So you might so let's say you're not able to contain yourself you really feel strongly about it but you know it's not absolute truth. If you have been bound to the truth, the way you present yourself will be different. So instead of raising your hand and saying, okay guys for sure like what is wrong with you? If you're okay with having screens because you don't care about this and this and this, go ahead but I actually care. no you won't come off with assumptions about people. you won't come out with assumptions about anything. You'll be able to raise your hand and say, um, thanks for allowing us to participate in the discussion. You know, I, um, for whatever it's worth, it's not absolute truth, but for whatever it's worth, I have a preference towards this because these are the factors that I'm considering um, and that I'm submitting to you all to consider as well. It's a completely different tone. Right now, it's a tone of saying i'm offering something to the table i'm allowed to you're allowed to say your, your opinion it's not wrong i'm saying perfection would be to not even care to, to say it most of us aren't there but that if i am going to say it now i'm not saying it as um as dogmatic as though i am the standard i don't become a humanist um, follow up to judging if i'm judging that what someone else is doing is wrong and i choose to keep my distance due to this is this wrong it depends Okay, so here's an analogy that I really, really like to use for that because I think it helps put everything into context. Okay, judging versus noticing what to do about it, etc. So in the spiritual world, we consider sin disease. Okay, so as Buna said, I'm a former pharmacist. Um, Still a pharma at heart. Now, if a patient comes in on a wheelchair, I'm not judging a patient. I'm not judging the person If I've observed that this person has a handicap, it's just a fact, okay? In the same way that I might know that somebody has lied, it's a fact, okay? Now, noticing that's not a sin. Looking for it, that's a sin, right? Trying to find people's wrongs, that's a sin. But if I've just noticed, uh, there's no sin in that. So I notice that this person is in a wheelchair. I notice that this person says something that's not true. I'm not assessing them. I'm not assessing their motives. I'm not assessing their minds. I'm not saying, you know why? Because he's a liar. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to manipulate me. No, these are all judgments of people, assessments of situations. These go beyond. As opposed to saying, very objectively, this occurred. Nothing more. Okay? So there's that first part. Now, let's say, spiritually, I'm in a room, and I'm just going to use a health analogy, but I mean sin. I'm in a room now where there's somebody on a wheelchair, okay? And then if I'm going to be really honest, I'm going to discover that, okay, yeah, that 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 person over there is, is, is on a wheelchair because that person can't walk. But actually, I have a paralyzed left arm. I'm diseased too, right? I should actually be more concentrating on being self-aware where I have an issue with. And some other person in the room is like, has both arms working but um it's super short okay god is saying i'm just making up something but like can you guys hang up this picture between the three of you work together with your strengths and weaknesses to hang up this picture okay so maybe i'm gonna like Use my good arm to hand the picture to the short person, and maybe the short person is going to have to lean on the the wheelchair. That the I'm I'm, I'm I'm just using an example, okay? So that's what we're called to do: is to work together in love and to not sit there pointing out what everybody else is doing wrong, but to just say, um, "How do we get this done?" Now, to your question, because I haven't forgotten it, the keeping your distance. The keeping your distance in this analogy is like what happens if the person on the wheelchair starts tripping and is going around in circles in a tiny room with an electric wheelchair. So she's, she or he is going at high speeds. Okay. In a way that like he or she's going to knock someone out. It is not wrong for me to say if I were perfect, I'd be okay dying. I'm not, but, but, because I don't have the gift, not because that moron is dancing around in a chair. I don't have the gift of stopping that wheelchair. So, I'm stepping out for safety, but here's the difference about Now you're not saying, I'm keeping my distance because that person is wrong. It's saying, because I, I lack the ability... To love in that way. It is my weakness that prevents me from being able to be in there. Not not the other person's badness. That's the difference. I hope that, that um that, that helps. Um sorry, I'm just going through them like to not re answer the same one. Uh, okay, we did that one, we did that one, we did that. One, we did that on that one um how can we not be discouraged when everything around us seems to be opposing good society friends media all seem to oppose Christ how can we stay firm pure yeah I, I I feel yeah like to be honest with you I think we're all struggling with this and we're better at it on some days and less good at it on other days I think it's the most helpful is by Actively looking for good. I think that's something we don't really do much anymore. We're very quick. Bad news sells, right? Like, like, like it gets better ratings, right? So everybody likes a bad story, right? Like you're not going to get like good news of like, like guess what? Farmers have made record levels of, of crops. No one cares. Whereas farmers like being torched because of some mob, that's news. So part of it is that we should look for the good, look for where we saw virtue, look for good in everybody, Christian and non-Christian, look for good in your day, look for good. That's why St. Paul says whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things um, are lovely, um, whatsoever things are pure, uh, of good report, worthy of praise, he says, right? Think on these things. So number one is look for good. And I'd say number two is be the good. And I don't mean to be cliche there, right? We live in a world where, like, oh, man, people are lonely. Outreach people. People are always angry. Be peaceful. People are always doing this, like, do the do, do the thing that's right. Because good brings out more good in people, right? Right? Think of yourself, okay. Let's say you're in the middle of this conversation, and you're 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 stating an opinion, and you're telling something that happened in your day. Imagine somebody comes up to you with sincerity, not being fake, and says, "Wow, you're a very patient person. I'm very moved by your patience. Would that not make you happy?" right? Like on some level that someone noticed that you might not even have noticed about yourself. What is the effect that it's going to have on you? I can almost guarantee you, you're going to want to keep proving to people that you are patient because someone told you you were. That's a great effect, right? So do it to others, right? Note the good in others, especially like those that most people don't. And especially those immediately around you, because I think, we tend not to do it much with our families, right? Like, like I remember when I was a kid and dad would talk about how he lost his dad when he was 16. I'm not going to lie, like, it got old really fast. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. You raised yourself, it was brutal. Your brothers and sisters weren't there, like, whatever. Like, I've made my own narrative of what it is and it's just like, okay, whatever, he's done, right? Whereas now it's like, wow. I wonder what that would be like to live from the age of 16 on. That's more than half my life now without a father. And then to immigrate to another country, that's a big deal, right? And then to, be able to say to that, to that person, to say, to my dad, dad, that's impressive what you've done, as opposed to just taking it for granted. Be be kind. Look for those goods. Say the good to others. Um, and not only um, will it help them, but it will change your mood to your question, right? Of saying, like, how do I not be discouraged you will find yourself naturally not discouraged because you are living in the good that's what the desert fathers teach anyway filled with good there'll be no room for the bad um what's the difference between humility and being a pushover or is there a difference if not how do people maintain psychological well-being um the difference between humility and being a pushover is choice A pushover is a pushover because he or she is unable to say no to a particular situation. Humility is that you had the option to say or do whatever you wanted and elected not to. Real humility isn't even that. Like What real humility is. Is self-knowledge. So this, this, the comparison is actually not a, not actually the most accurate one. Um, I think you're saying it because the public perception of humility is wrong. Objectively, the public perception of humility is: I am quiet. I don't possess an opinion. I don't speak. I think I'm bad. I have called myself a sinner. That's not humility. Humility from the desert fathers is simply self-knowledge. It's a real awareness of who one is relative to the absolute. It's to stand in the mirror and the mirror is God because you're in the image and likeness of God. So a humble person is aware of, oh, I have this deformity. And a humble person might also be aware of, but I've got a strong right arm. Because they will recognize that the source of truth is not themselves. Again, moving perfectly with this topic that we're saying. And so a humble person actually knows when to speak. Because sometimes a humble person must speak. That's what I'm saying. Be careful of the comparison because it betrays a cultural understanding of humility. A pushover is just somebody who has no backbone and doesn't know how to say no or is too afraid to say no. And that's what it is. So it's it's a very, very, very different um, concept. And that is how a humble person will have psychological well-being. Because they know why they are doing what they're doing. They're not looking at themselves as some inferior bad thing to anyone, even to God. Because if they know who they are, they know that they're prized and, and, and loved by God too. That just because they have a deformity does not mean that God loves them less. So they're... Their meaning doesn't come from within themselves. A person whose meaning comes from themselves or others is going to struggle with either being a pushover or being egotistical. One who is humble will not struggle with either because they already know who they are. Um, These are deep questions. Um, How do you stand firm in your faith and beliefs without seeming mean and inconsiderate? Um, I would say that to ask this suggests that that having faith and beliefs means being mean and considerate. Why is it? Why is it that we think that that's what it means? Or would you be like, that's their personal view? So many of these people are willing to give their opinions without even being asked, to be quite honest. So if you are not walking around yelling at people what you think, but you're participating as a normal person participates, why should, you, why should it be any different that you come from a Christian background than somebody who comes from an atheistic background, another pr- person coming from an Islamic background? You're only being mean and inconsiderate if you're actually being mean and inconsiderate. That's basically my bottom line. Forgive me. It's just saying that those are two separate things. So you just need to ask, am I actually mean or am I actually inconsiderate? Because it's not the faith or belief that makes you mean or inconsiderate. That's a personality trait. And that's why God said, teach the truth in love. I'm saying, don't give up truth. But there is a there's definitely a loving way um, to do it. So it really those two shouldn't be contrasted. All that should be done is you should ask yourself, What are my motivations? Why am I speaking? What am I speaking? How am I speaking? Am I speaking for the sake of truth or am I speaking for the sake of ego? Am I speaking to make a point because I want to trash that person and tell them how dumb I think they are or because I really believe it? Those would be the how to help yourself with the mean inconsiderate part. But I don't think that it's the faith belief part that that causes it. Um, again, feel free to, to follow up um, with those because again, I can't, I can't see you guys to, to know if I'm, if I'm actually answering what you meant with the question. So my apologies if I'm um, misinterpreting them at any point. Um, How do we show love to others unconditionally and not engage in relativism, i.e. people who are gay or from other religious groups? Once again, those aren't mutually exclusive. Do you think a parent loves their kid less when they're being sneaky? Do you think a parent loves their kid less if their kid cussed? Does a parent love their kid less if they do anything wrong? They don't love less. The decisions that a child makes can affect the quality of the relationship or the nature, not the nature of the relationship, the, um, the mood of the relationship. Um, it can affect the outcomes of, of, of certain things, okay? But it does not affect um, the relationship itself, Okay. So why am I saying that? Because if I know why I believe what I believe, and I'm not out there to be a jerk to everybody, people will see that. Okay. So I had a I had a technician who was who was gay, um, who is gay, not was gay, um, and everyone was kind of beating around the bush about it um for a while and like until I laughed I'm like can we just like address the elephant in the room like are you all trying to tell me that so-and-so is gay I know I'm like you knew the whole time I'm like yeah what difference does that make in our operating of work do I have beliefs about it sure I do so does he so do all of you we all have beliefs about this issue so what's the big deal Right. As long as no one's coming in here saying you're not allowed to work here because of this or I'm going to treat you badly because of this. I'm not going to do that. My gospel doesn't ask me to do that. And we got along great. And actually, like, even after ordination, I just recently someone was like, so and so wants um, to catch up with you. And that made me so happy. Right. So but at no point was what I believed, like, not not clear. And yet we got along great because, and I'm not using me as a a good example. I'm just simply trying to say, I live in the same world as you. I really do get it. I was really in in, in such situations. Um, And so I don't have to, to be nice, pretend that I agree. That's relativism, right? It's me saying I have a view. And I also don't need to go out of my way to tell somebody my view when I wasn't asked. Right? So, so I Assuming mean, that's where the humility comes in, of knowing my place, knowing myself. Is it my role to speak? If it's not my actual role to speak, then I don't need to speak. So I bow to the truth. Now, someone asking my opinion, this is my view. This is my belief. If they get mad at you, you can say very calmly, I'm not sure why you are upset with me. I thought we lived in a country where we're allowed various beliefs. In addition to this, you asked me my belief." Why are you upset that I answered you? Or are what you're trying to tell me is I'm not allowed to have my view? If so, who's being mean here? I told you my belief and I never said it out loud and I never treated this person differently and I never told them that they were a bad person. I never did any of the above. But actually, when I gave my belief and my conviction, you're upset with me. Loving others means treating every human being like Christ. is to give to everybody no matter who they are. Samaritan, Gentile, Jew, all of the above. Okay? So if I'm living that way, um, then I'm good to go. People can say whatever they want. But I'm not, it's not okay to say we're all saying the same thing. We're not saying the same thing. And there's no reason to pretend that we're saying the same thing. That's a lie. Okay, we're not, we're not. Um, how can we speak on truth with discernment without virtue signaling? By appealing to absolute truth. So let's differentiate two scenarios. If you're among other Christians, then we already, we already have an agreement on absolute. Okay, so then there won't be any um, virtue signaling, Um, going on there okay but if i'm with a non-christian where we don't agree on absolute truth and we're having an actual conversation a real dialogue then what you could say is um i have my reasons for believing in this but this is my belief on this because if they say well that's stupid be like okay that's your judgment of it like that's not a dialogue. That's just you yelling at me and telling me that you think I'm stupid. But this is my view, right? Versus saying, obviously, you should think this, or clearly, you should think this. That's a virtue signaling, right? Do you want to be on the right side of history? That's virtue signaling. To non-virtue signal would be to say, I am of the view of this for these reasons, because that even opens you up to a real dialogue where you might change your mind even. You might even have the, the wrong opinion. And because you've been open, you haven't been assertive, you'll actually be able to, to find that more easily. Um, it seems that humanism is deceptively egotistical, but practically, how can we expose that, number one? And number two, how can we combat that? I actually don't have a goal per se, in spite of the hypocrisy of me having a talk called humanism, um, I don't really have a goal, per se, of going out of my way to expose it. In the sense that, I, like I said earlier, I don't like to um, to frame things around a negative of why something or someone's wrong. So I'm not too interested in exposing it um, generally. I think that we might have a duty in the service, too. Um, whether we name it humanism or not it almost doesn't matter to me, but, but to teach it. Right. So that as we're, for example, dealing with kids in Sunday school or your own children or your peers, or whatever of saying, Hey, like, you know what, that kind of sounds like this, right? Like pointing out where something's not actually true and where the, the tenets of something wrong are, are being there. Right. So for example, um, without escalating all the way to humanism, When somebody comes to me and says, oh, obviously, clearly, yada, 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 yada," I don't go punch them in the face, right? Instead, I might say, okay, I appreciate your view. So what I'm hearing from you is that you have a preference for one, two, three, four, five. But while I can understand that, that's clearly your preference because you've made that part abundantly clear, and I'm not being sarcastic. Um, Is that actually how it's supposed to be? Or is that actually just how you like it to be? And to ask as a real question, not just to. Because what if they say, no, actually, it really is supposed to. Find out where they came to that from. And if they're mistaken, your having asked in a polite, respectful way helps them realize, oh, you're right. That is just my view. Right? I just assumed that this is how things get done because that's what I grew up with or that's what I always saw or that's what I had, I had heard. Um, but two, how do we combat it? It's just by doing that. Speaking the truth in love. Right? It's by living the gospel. If human beings, to, like that whole narrative that we went through, were simply to live in the image and likeness of God, we wouldn't have any of these issues. So always conform your behavior, your thoughts, your decisions to your divine calling to be in the image and likeness of God. That is for all human beings. Um, how do you reconcile the similarities between Christian and humanism ideologies? I don't think they're very similar, but there's either, even what's similar is irrelevant. It's irrelevant because they're, they're based on two completely different things. Right? It's to me, this question is almost like saying how do you reconcile insect flying with bird flying? They're two different kinds of flight. Um, And in fact, I wouldn't even bother trying to reconcile because humanism is based on nothing by their own proclamation, not by my self-righteous judgment of them. By their own proclamation, it's just based on whoever. So there's nothing to reconcile. They are fundamentally two different things completely. So where there are any kind of similarities, it's not really in the ideology. It might be an agreement on a particular opinion about something, but that's it. Because the foundation of humanism is there is no such thing as absolute. There is no God. The foundation of Christianity is everything only makes sense only because there is a God. So there is nothing to reconcile. They are standing on complete polar opposite um, spectrums. Um, what's the difference between having the humility to listen and be silent as opposed to living indifferently um, uh, or, or carelessly? Um having humility to listen already is, is just intrinsically different than being indifferent because if you're listening, it means that you care. If you're not, if you didn't care, you wouldn't even be listening, right? It would be like letting somebody drone on so that you can just like go do your thing. Um, and that's why I'm saying humility doesn't even dictate not speaking. That's not, necessarily what humility means it may sometimes mean that i'm just trying to really fight that those are not the same thing um and so i think that's where your question might be coming from because if we think that humility is to never ever 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 speak even when appropriate then yeah i can see how somebody might become indifferent because like whatever i'm not going to speak anyway um versus if i care about people My humility helps me know myself. Am I really motivated by care? Or do I think I'm better than this person? Um, I'm really dumbing this down. So if I were in humility to have a a proper knowledge of self, so that I can understand that the right thing to do truthfully um, is for me to actually um, say something, I'll know that I'm saying it in actual love because I have that knowledge. And that is not because I'm trying to be some of the truth. But that's why really it's important to have these kind of conversations with your spiritual father. Part of the role of the spiritual father is to challenge you, to bring back these situations to help you navigate you of saying, no, you are speaking purely out of ego. You were not speaking because you cared. You were not speaking because it was your role. You were not spe- you were speaking because you wanted people to know that you're a know-it-on, you're so smart, and you're so holy. Versus for another person, where it's like, no, you should ought to disbelieve. Okay. So I would, I would add on to what I've said, like make sure you've consulted with your, your, your guide. Um, what are your thoughts on the coexist ideology of all religions, beliefs in the light of absolute truth? I actually, I've seen the bumper stickers. I don't really know what the tenets are of coexist specifically. Um, to comment on that, if all that they mean is let's respect each other in a common world, yeah. Even the Bible says that. Right, even the Bible says that. Um, so like I'm not even bending Christianity, like our our actual religion actually says that. If coexist is saying we're all saying the same thing in different ways, no, that is not that is not true absolutely. We're not saying the same things. A Muslim is saying that Christianity is lying, that Jesus is not God. Christianity is saying Jews are mistaken about their views of, of the Messiah. Jews are saying Christians are too. So in light of absolute truth, there's there's no way anybody can make an argument that, that we're saying the same thing. So again, I don't know enough about coexist, but if it's literally just, can we respect each other and live in the same place? Cool. You know, sorry for me to rant for a second. I don't know if people know this, but the divorce of church and state is a Christian invention. And, I mean, like, you can go all the way back to Athanasius making comments about that, St. Athanasius, but actually, when Protestants and Catholics were in the same countries and it got to be so difficult, they said, let's have a law that doesn't cater to either denomination so that we can... Live together in peace. Just throwing that out there. Um I I think that's all of them. I don't know. Did I miss any? Let me see if any were upvoted that I missed, but I think that's all of them. Um, oh, I did miss one. What is the line between enforcing justice? And forgiving sins of sinners, given Christ's commandment, forgive seven times 70. Yes. That's a really, really good question. And I think it's a question that is not being asked, to to be honest with you, these days. I think people are assuming an answer to that and working from the assumption of their their answer of that. Um, I don't want to give a really, really, really long answer because I, I could. I think it's its own topic because that relates to social justice. But... Is that the Lord calls us, note that my starting point is the Lord. Let's refer to absolute truth, not a personal opinion, okay? Um, The Lord clearly tells us to seek justice for others, okay? So, we have a duty to one another. What does that look like? How does that get done? That's its own conversation. That has a whole bunch of of factors in terms of of how to do that. Self-justice, however, is what the Lord says don't do. Saying don't take justice into your own hands. For forgiveness, the forgiveness is a matter for God and the persons involved in something. Right? So, for example... Imagine how ridiculous it would sound if you got in a fight with your mom and your next door neighbor came over and said, "I forgive you. you'd be like enthematic like what is that to you um to be fair on on some spiritual level, there is truth to that okay like there there is truth to that, but I'm not going there. trying to get at is I want to be careful that I'm not speaking the language of forgiveness where it doesn't apply to me or justice where it doesn't apply to me. And so it has to start off by looking at what that is and then looking at where there's an absolute truth. Okay, so I don't want to get into all that's happening with the sexual um, uh, abuse that happened to that person, which was which was tragic. Um, I'm just assuming that the question is might be related to something coming from there. But, for example, um, with this question is that okay well there's canon law objectively for the church about any such conduct okay so the like what i'm trying to get at is that there is a church system of justice that can evolve it's a subjective one it evolves over over time the virtues and the vices those are absolute it is absolutely wrong what the priest did period Okay? Now, mercy is a whole other question. Mercy is a request from God or from people to make right a situation, regardless of whether the person deserves it or not. That's a whole other question. Right? So when we say to God, please have mercy, what we're actually praying, I don't think people understand that Mercy is a verb, not a noun. So when we're saying have mercy, we're saying, Lord, mercy it, literally. Mercy meaning fix it. And we're asking you to to make something right. This broke, please make it right. Whether this person is good or bad, deserves or not deserves it, you love anyway. Okay? So mercy is actually... Forgive me for getting philosophical, but this is real stuff. Mercy is actually a request for justice. Because the only one who can give perfect justice is God. Because only God knows everything. All of the factors that affected every single person in every single way. So, don't worry about that line. Because worrying with that line means that you might be involving yourself in something that doesn't belong to you. What we should be doing is not being the ones to enforce the justice, if it's not our particular role, it's to call for justice. Right? And that you participate in the call for justice does mean action. I'm not saying do never do anything. I'm simply saying ask what is within your scope to... Do so, that might make somebody upset right now if they don't understand what I mean. So, for example, can I say that I heard that someone got cheated of their inheritance in Russia, and so I will go to Russia and beat the money out of the guy who cheated that poor person out of their money from? I would hope. I would I, not, what I would hope. I would expect that most of you would say no. I'm saying, and that's what I mean. I'm not saying do nothing. There might be a way to help that person. And if you can help them, you should. I'm just saying don't cross a line between what's within your scope and not within your scope. Seek justice for others, not yourself. Proclaim the truth in love and look to be merciful in all things but having mercy does not mean not having consequence either right and that's like i don't want to get into the details of each of those because that by itself would be an amazing topic or a set of topics of mercy on its own justice on its own and then what is my role on, on its own let it's a, it's a wonderful question um i really it's really hard because i'm not seeing your reactions i know that it, what i've just said can easily be mis- misinterpreted and can easily be twisted to make me say something that i'm not trying to say um so i i'm i'm um believing that you guys are giving me the benefit of the doubt that i'm also not trying to say wave injustice or wrongs under the rug i'm not i'm not saying that at all um but i think that was actually unless there's a new one i think that was um actually the last one and we finished right on time sig like buzz
0: all right that's perfect thank you so much abuna so before you turn your camera off just hang on a moment so that you can uh, conclude us in prayer and absolve us before we go but before you do thank you a million and uh we uh we, we are indebted for your time and your effort.
1: I didn't really do anything, but thanks, Abuna. Um is a, a big talker, but you guys have a priest who's a a big deal. Um let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and one God, amen. We ask you, Lord, to hear some in intercessions and prayers of Holy Mother, Theotoko, Saint Mary, the great Abba Anthony, Saint Pope Carlos, and Saint Mino, we pray with all thanksgiving. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation. Bless him, the evil one in Christ Jesus, our Lord. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and glory forever and ever. Amen. Love of God the Father, grace and the God and Son, the kingdom of the Holy Spirit through all. Go in peace, the peace of the Lord be with you all.